and welcome back to the CEO-ish podcast. I hope you are all having a better morning than I am. We are having all sorts of difficulties over here, both technical and personal. I originally recorded this episode on Friday, June 25th at like 6 a.m. I woke up extra early to make sure I could get it all done before I left for my best friend's bachelorette party. We were leaving at noon. I crammed so much work into last week to make sure that I would be able to get it all done and not be able to bring my laptop on the vacation because I really just wanted to unplug, focus on her, made sure she had a great time, and I was able to do that and get it all done. Or so I thought, because my Samsung Q2U microphone, you guys, this microphone is just absolutely hoeing me. Like, I don't know how else to say it, but I thought it was fixed. I randomly woke up and uh, it it, the green light popped back up and it just sits on my desk full time. It lives there. I don't take it anywhere. It just, it lives on my desk. I don't know how else to say that. It, and it just stopped working. And finally, I tried 8 million different USB cords. I had tried a bunch of different cable ports. It was just not working. And I woke up one morning and it was finally working. So I thought I was good to go. I was super excited because I think the audio quality is 10 times better on that microphone as opposed to this one. And you guys will have to let me know your thoughts on that because I feel like you can hear it in the episode that we released last week with Maya. I recorded our episode or the interview portion of that episode, I should say with my Samsung Q2U microphone and I recorded the intro portion with the Blue Yeti which is what I am using now and I feel like you can just hear a difference in the audio quality and I know that's because the Samsung microphone is dynamic and this one is a condenser and that's another difficulty to layer on top of this you guys and it it works with how this is a condenser microphone so if you don't know the difference, condenser microphones pick up a lot more sound than dynamic microphones, and they're meant to be used in a studio setting. So I went to re-record this episode this morning, and my parents are having the deck redone, and the deck people showed up with their nail guns and their hammers and their loudspeaker radio, and they just went to work on my parents' deck. So recording at my house was not an ideal situation. So now I am over at my neighbor's house in their basement in which I could not connect to the Wi-Fi because they had changed their password and I can't get a hold of them. So now I'm connected to my hotspot and I am using a condenser microphone that I am not used to and I'm sitting next to their fish tank and I just hear the fish tank radiating through my headphones. So I hope it's not too loud for you guys and I apologize overall if this is just not the best audio quality. But yes, nevertheless, I am here with a different microphone to re-record this podcast, even though I have already recorded it and I'm sad about that, but I'll get over it. It's just, I'm a little salty, but it's fine. And I don't even think I've said this yet, but it's just me here or me, Taylor here this week. And wow, I am just a hot mess and I need to get it together. You guys, I'm, I'm so sorry, but I am taking on my first true solo episode of the podcast because I thought it would be fun to do a birthday episode and you guys will have to let me know how I do because this has been an interesting experience for me. I have re-recorded this twice now. I re-recorded the intro a few times because of unfortunate circumstances regarding noise, Um, but it makes me appreciate having Chloe as a co-host on a different level because recording a solo podcast yourself is hard, you guys. I don't care if a podcast is 15 minutes long 15 minutes long 
or if it's an hour and 30 minutes long. Recording a podcast by yourself is hard and I have a new level of appreciation for single hosts of podcasts because it is a lot of work and it is so much easier to be able to bounce conversation off of a host or a guest or whoever you bring on. So yeah, this has been interesting. But for those of you who don't know, I turned 24 today, which is Monday, June 28th, and I really wanted to share some of my favorite life lessons that I have learned in my 24 years here on this earth. So in honor of turning 24, I am going to be sharing 24 life lessons that I've learned, and it's going to be a good mix of self-care, self-love, financial responsibility, and money, and just overall lessons that I've learned in my friendships, relationships, and in business. But before I do that, I will catch you guys up on what's going on with me. I will share a favorite product and what I am currently manifesting. And as always, shout out a small business because you guys know we are all about that here on the CEO-ish podcast. So without further ado, let me get into it. So when I originally recorded this podcast episode, I was telling you guys that I was leaving for my best friend's bachelorette party that day at 12 p.m., but since I'm re-recording this now, I am actually back from said bachelorette party, and I can tell you guys about the entire experience, and it was so fun. It was everything we had wanted it to be and more, minus the weather. It was torrentially pouring the entire weekend, which was kind of a bummer because we did have a lot of outdoor vineyards and like restaurant and rooftop bars picked out that we wanted to go to that we had to change the plans last minute on. But nevertheless, we still had a great time. We drank lots of good wine. We visited lots of great vineyards. We ate so much food. We got to catch up with great friends. It was just an all around fantastic time. (laughs) But I do have to tell you guys about our Airbnb experience because it was just nothing short of tragic. Like we made the most of a really weird situation. So we pull up to the Airbnb and the first thing we notice is that it's a duplex and it was not advertised that this place was a duplex. So that was like first, like mm, we're not super keen on that. And that's, I mean, it's fine, but um, for this very reason, we didn't want this to happen. And that is because the laundry machine was located in the portion of the house that we were in. And the people attached to the duplex would just like come up and start throwing things into the laundry, even though we were all there, which was very, very weird. And the door was unlocked when we got there. There were no towels or toilet paper. It was just a very weird experience. There was one less bed that was advertised too. So somebody had to sleep on like this weird chair pullout couch type situation, which wasn't the most ideal. But again, we made the most of a really (laughs) weird situation because at the end of the day, we were only at the Airbnb to sleep. So it worked out. But yeah, not the best Airbnb experience that I've ever had. But yes, like I said, it was a great weekend. I hope Ashley had the best time because it was so fun and I came home with so much wine. Honestly, you guys, if I'm being real with you, I am currently recovering from like a collective three-day hangover. I cannot drink like I once did. I uh, Long gone are my days where I can wake up super early at like 9 a.m., start drinking by like 11 and then come back, nap wake up and start drinking again and go back out for the night. Like I am officially a one and done. If I come back to nap, I'm not going out anymore. (laughs) I've just accepted this about myself. So that portion of the weekend was a little difficult for me in my stomach. Um, But still so much fun. 
And if you guys ever come to Michigan or if you live in Michigan, I highly recommend you do a wine tour in Traverse City. Um, We really enjoyed Chateau Chantel. I believe that was the name of the vineyard. I'll link it below. But they had a lot of really great sweeter wines. Um, We, in my particular group of people, we all liked the sweeter wines. So that was great for us. But they did also have a great dry assortment if that is your cup of tea, if you will. So, yeah. That's pretty much all I have to say on that. I mean, other than my microphone and technical difficulties, not too much has been going on. I feel like I am in a slower season right now just because I've been prioritizing a lot of things in my personal life as opposed to business, and I am okay with that right now. I really like where I'm at, even though I'm at a big transition point in my business. I appreciate that I am able to slow down when I want, and yeah, that's that's really all I have to say for my catch-up. But moving into my favorite product, and I don't really have a favorite product this week per se. I'm in a bit of a product rut right now. Um, But one thing I have really been enjoying is restock talk, which is just people organizing and restocking their pantries and household supplies on TikTok. And I don't know why my ADHD ass finds this so soothing but it does. And Chloe is probably laughing her ass off while editing this audio too, because she knows me, but it just shows me what is possible. Like I just sit there and I think, you know, I could do that if I wanted to, I could be that dedicated and that organized. I'm just not like I'm organized. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not that damn organized. And I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely getting off on a tangent here, but a few of my favorite restock TikTok accounts are and I will link all of these in the show notes because I find spelling out like handles and websites and stuff a very complicated process. So I will do my best. But the first profile that I really like is at underscore cat Ben underscore, which is at underscore C-A-T-B-E-N underscore. And then there's also at the jazz channel, which is at T-H-E-J-A-Z-C-H-A-N-N-E-L. And then I also have to give a shout out to Midwestern Mama 29 because she is in Michigan and if she has some of the best restocking TikTok videos ever. So if you are into all of that restocking ASMR, go check out those accounts because those are my favorite products of the week. And Chloe, I sincerely apologize to you because I have no idea how you're going to make a graphic out of that, but I am, I'm out of product ideas. Like I, I don't know what else to use. And are you guys interested in just hearing about repeat products that Chloe and I love? Because I wouldn't be surprised if Chloe was feeling this way too, because, you know, I love a lot of products and I'm a product junkie, but there is only so much I can try at one time and without feeling wasteful too. I talk about this a lot where I feel very conflicted as someone who I guess has the title influencer as part of my job. It's a very small portion of my job because it's not my main priority or focus. Um, My clients are my main priority and focus. And I do work with a lot of influencers, but I myself like don't take on too many brand deals or sponsorships in that regard, just because I can only do so much. And, um, But I feel very conflicted on the whole PR and the amount of waste that it produces 
with like trash and sustainability just because I see and I love working with brands like Youth the People because I have been fortunate enough to collaborate with them where they do like the recyclable packaging and decompostable packaging where you can like run the packaging peanuts underwater and they dissolve. I think that's so cool. But I definitely feel a lot of like inward conflict about it. And it's something that I don't want to feel ungrateful for because or seem ungrateful for, I should say, because a lot of people would kill to have like the products that I have sent to me sent to them. Um, But yeah, it's definitely something that I feel like an inner conflict about. But yeah, so I try to limit the amount of products that I take on at a time. And if I feel like I have too much, I will reject a lot of stuff. And I'm just in a phase right now where I've been rejecting a lot of stuff because I just feel overwhelmed by the amount of products I have and it's caused a product rut like I'm just too overwhelmed to try anything new and I know what I like and I what's what I like is working for me so yeah let me guys or let me know if you guys are interested in hearing about repeat products um, because I would love to shout out products that you guys know that I'm like truly emptying out and repurchasing like I truly love it and I'm not just recommending this to recommend a product you know so yeah but check out those restock accounts um for just all of the asmr like honestly that's really what it appeals to with me but moving into this week's small business shout out our last lgbtq plus small business shout out for pride month is artist at jess waymouth which is at j-e-s-s-w-e-y-m-o-u-t-h yes See, this is the portion where it starts getting like really complicated for me to spell things out and I feel like my tongue getting tied. I don't know if you guys can hear my tongue getting tied, but I can definitely feel it on my end. Um, But yes, I found Justice videos on TikTok and she is a woman-owned, LGBTQ-owned small business who makes the most stunning, and I'm telling you stunning, sun catchers and watercolor wall prints that I've ever seen. I have a whale catcher or whale sun catcher in my cart currently from her website. And I'm so excited to purchase that as soon as my credit card rolls over in July from bachelorette weekend, because I did some damage purchasing some wine at some vineyards this weekend. Um, But I am going to put her TikTok, her Etsy, and her Shopify store links in the show notes. But I'm telling you guys, you have to check out her TikTok videos. They're unreal. The way the light hits her sun catchers and her pieces are just, it's breathtaking. And you can shop all of her amazing art at www.etsy.com slash shop slash Jess Weymouth. That's www.etsy.com backslash s-h-o-p backslash j-e-s-s-w-e-y-m-o-u-t-h and i just want to put it out there that this will not be the last lgbtq plus small business that we will be supporting we just want to make it known that this will be the last one for the month of pride but we here at the ceo's podcast will be supporting lgbtq plus businesses all year round So manifestations, you guys, when I originally recorded this, I was talking about how it was going to be my last uh, week wishing for thousand lifetime place by my birthday and that I was going to have to come up with a new manifestation. But now that it is Monday and it is my birthday, we're going to live check our stats together with me right here. And I'm going to tell you guys where we're at. And then I will hopefully within that time frame come up with a new manifestation because I was not expecting to have to re-record this episode and have a new manifestation prepared for this exact moment. So um, I don't know why Anchor is not allowing me to log in at the current moment. I hope something is not up, but huh. 
All right. Well, I guess that we are just going to ignore that. And I'm going to mess around with that after I record this podcast episode. And I will do a check in with you guys next week regarding the Thousand Lifetime plays and our giveaway, which we will hopefully be hosting by next week because we're very excited about that. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to stick with that manifestation and I'm going to figure out why we can't get into Anchor after I finish recording this. Um, but yeah, so now that I am through my little catch up uh, chat. I am going to start diving into some of the life lessons. Like I said earlier, it's going to be a really good mix of self-care, self-love, money, financial responsibility, and just the overall lessons I've learned in my relationships, my friendships, and in business. So without further ado, I'm going to start jumping into it. So kicking it off with lesson number one, and this is just the one way I feel like to really kick off this episode, but it is, I don't dream of working. And I say this in relation to when someone asks me what my dream career is, I don't dream of working. (laughs) I have found that hustle culture is just not for me. And please don't get me wrong, you guys, I love my job and my business and everything that I have built. But what I love even more is that I only spend four to five hours of my day doing it. Now, is every day like this? No. Am I flexible when it's not? Absolutely. But I've found that I love and prioritize having space in my day to be creative and just vibe while doing my own thing. And I'm happy I learned this from a young age because I can continue building my business around that and not feel pressured to keep following up and advancing to that next stage and like just the constant comparison game, you know? So I'm happy that I figured out that that's kind of my number one priority is just having that creative space in my day to just be. And I love it. Lesson number two is I have learned what genuine self-love looks like. And I am great at self-care. Self-care is fun, and I thoroughly enjoy a good face mask, pouring myself a nice glass of wine, lighting a bougie candle, taking a hot bubble bath, the whole shebang. And that's the fun stuff. But self-love, self-love is hard work. It's the shadow work. It's therapy and eliminating negative self-talk and body positivity and journaling. And most of all, it's nurturing and accepting the parts of yourself that you've spent so long rejecting and parenting your own inner child saying, it's okay, I've got you, you're safe. And let me tell you guys, shadow work is not fun. (laughs) It's messy and chaotic and you're going to cry a lot and you're going to feel everything so deeply but you are going to be better for it and you're going to be 10 times happier once you've done that self inner work and inner work is something that's never done. It's always something that you're constantly evolving and learning how to be a better person, but really taking that first step to knowing what true self love looks like is liberating. And I genuinely hope everyone reaches the point in their self love journey where they feel that. 
Lesson number three is self-love is not selfish. And there's a quote that I love from Tim Ferriss that says, there's a difference between being selfish and putting yourself first. And I feel like that quote perfectly sums up how I feel about that because I feel like self-love is something that is viewed as such a selfish thing. Like, oh, loving myself, you're so selfish. Like, how can you, how can you love yourself like that? But really, how can you not love yourself like that? If you don't have a good relationship with yourself, how are how do you expect to have good relationships, healthy, thriving relationships with other people? And that, that includes relationships with significant others and just your friends and family in general. So self-love is not selfish and you should be practicing it with yourself every single day. Lesson number four is that you are not going to be everyone's cup of tea and that's okay because I guarantee you yourself do not like every single person you've ever met. And I feel like I was born inherently kind of knowing who I am as a person and that I just wasn't going to be everyone's cup of tea because let me tell you guys, I have a very strong personality and it clashes with people. And you know, I've lost years of sleep trying to make people like me and I'm just at the point of my life where it's okay that not everyone does and I don't have to bend over backwards and expend the extra energy and effort to people that just don't deserve it and that's okay. Lesson number five is that family is everything. And I'm so beyond lucky to have parents who support every move I make and always have. And I have a brother who is awesome. And I'm so thankful for how close we've gotten in our older age, because let me tell you guys, we definitely did not get along as kids the way we get along now. But I think COVID has just perpetuated this further for me because I am so lucky to have them and a great relationship with both of them because I have friends and I know a ton of people who aren't as lucky and don't get to say that they have a great relationship with one or both or more of their parents, you know? So, and even then too, I also have friends whose parents deeply love them, but they're not always supportive of them. And that's a really sucky feeling too. And I I just grew up in a house where I was able to change my mind and change it again and keep changing it. And my parents never punished me for it. They allowed me to explore my curiosity. And I just, I'm eternally grateful to them for that because I've never felt like my spirit was squashed. And Yeah, just my family is absolutely everything to me. Lesson number six is something you guys might laugh at me for because I feel like everything always comes back to TikTok for me. But I saw a TikTok video forever ago that really changed my perspective on my friendships. And I, if I can find this video, I will link it in the show notes. And if I can't find it, but you got, one of you guys knows what video I'm talking about, please send it my way so I can credit the original creator. Um, but she came or explained this philosophy so well. And it said, accept your friends for who they are and not for your idea of who you want them to be. Now, hear me out. This girl was talking about how her life got 10 times better when she accepted that her friends who or her friend that was always late was always going to be late. And her flaky friend was always going to bail last minute. And her friend who was always busy was probably going to reject plans because they were busy. And because she stopped placing these unrealistic expectations on her friendships and relationships, 
everything got better because those friends were still good people. And those things like being late or canceling last minute don't make them not good friends or good people. Um, They're just, and they're not fatal flaws to get so bent out of shape about and throw a friendship out the window. And the moment I saw that, I just thought, huh, wow. And it was one of those things that just immediately shifted my perspective. And I wanted to share it with you guys because because I think it's a great life lesson to learn. And I think social media perpetuates that like all of us have to be perfect all the time. And we should have like these extremely romantic relationships and our friendships should all be perfect. And our friends should be a hundred percent available to us 24 seven. And that's just not the way the world works. Um, so accept your friends for who they are and not for your idea of who you want them to be. Because again, you could be missing out on some great friendships. It like, my friends being late just isn't something to like completely throw out the window. Yes, it's annoying, but you know that my friend also isn't murdering somebody. She's not talking behind my back. She's not spreading gossip and rumors about me. Like pick and choose your battles, I guess is that kind of lesson, but it was one I really liked. So I wanted to share it with you guys. Lesson number seven is if they want to be in your life, they'll make it happen. One-sided friendships and relationships are no longer the move for me, and if you feel like you're the only reason you and a certain friend talk or see each other or text, it's probably because you are the only reason. Point blank and simple as that. (laughs) Put your energy into those who reciprocate the energy back, because I am beyond over the days of begging people to be a part of my life when they clearly do not want to be a part of it, and I am the only reason that we speak on a daily basis or even a monthly basis, you know? So if they want to be in your life, they will make it happen. And I can quote that movie, he's just not that into you for that one. So thank you, cinematic television. (laughs) Lesson number eight is a good mentor can change everything. And I say this with one very specific person in mind, but let me tell you guys, it is very rare to find a mentor that is genuinely invested in your success because they want to see you succeed and not because it makes them look good. And I talked a lot about this on my episode that I did with Maya Fleming over on her podcast for Gentler, which I will link in the show notes because I think it was a really good interview. And I talked a lot about this professor Um, which I guess I think I may have talked about it on this podcast before. So I'll just share the story and I'll give you the Cliff Notes version because I definitely have shared it somewhere. Um, But I had a professor in college who was my digital and social media marketing professor. And the moment I decided I wanted to freelance and that I wanted to do my own thing and I didn't want to go the corporate traditional agency route, he was so supportive. And I mean like next level supportive. He helped me build a website. He put me in contact with people that became some of my very first clients. He put me in contact with other freelancers who became mentors to me and really helped guide me through developing my own service packages, pricing, just anything that you could think of coming up in your own freelance journey just to have somebody that is like a few steps ahead of you or even a few years ahead of you and has just gotten through that part of the hurdle in their business is invaluable. And uh, you guys, there, there is such a thing as bad mentors. And dare I say, you will probably encounter more bad mentors than good ones. But the good ones, 
they change everything. And I was, I'm so lucky enough to have a mentor who changed everything. And he still checks in with me to this day. We still talk and chat and I help him out when I can. And I will forever and always reciprocate the favor for him on like, if there are any other freelancers that he wants to put me in contact with to help them out, like it's just a pay it forward situation, but a good mentor can and will change everything. Lesson number nine is the importance of saving and practicing financial self-care. And it is tempting when you first graduate and you have more money than you've ever had in your entire life to just buy all of the things that you've ever wanted or to take all of the trips that you've ever wanted. But being disciplined and saving for things that you don't necessarily want to think about or anticipate is so important because it leads me into lesson number 10, which is money doesn't buy happiness, but it can buy financial security, which will put you in a much better position to be happy. Hear me out. Nobody wants to think about their car breaking down, the brakes going out, a car accident, and somebody's rear-ending you, what have you. I don't know why I'm really stuck on this car accident example right now, but this is what we're rocking with. Nobody wants to think about that. But if you're putting a couple hundred bucks or putting what you can, I don't even want to say a couple hundred bucks because not everybody can afford to put a couple hundred bucks in their savings account every single month. Everybody is in a different financial situation and there is zero judgment with that. But even if all you can afford to put away is 20 bucks, put that 20 bucks away because if you have a savings account and a safety net to cover yourself when something comes up last minute, like your brakes going out, a car accident, um, your kid suddenly deciding that they want to join gymnastics. I don't know. Um, But you are going to be able to have that safety net to dip into instead of feeling that tightness in your chest around, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to be able to afford this or I don't know how I'm going to be able to pay my rent next month if I have to make this type of investment, things like that. Money doesn't buy happiness, but it does buy financial security. And that can put you in a position to be in a place to take a deep breath instead of feeling a tightness in your chest when something happens. So practice some disciplined financial self-care. It is a lost art form. And we all go through it too, let me tell you. I've definitely had my months where I'm like, oh man, I spent way too much and I probably need to get this under control. So yeah. Lesson number 11 is a paycheck is not worth your mental health. And I say this as someone who has worked shitty internships. I have worked shitty full-time jobs where, you know, you start off in a great position and you love the job, but it just, it slowly evolves and it doesn't become what you originally signed up for. You don't get the pay raise you deserve. Coworkers leave and you take on more work. It's just, it's a revolving door. It's a cycle. Um, but a paycheck is not worth your mental health. And I do want to check my privilege in the sense that I was in the financial position to be able to quit my job when I did. I had saved up the recommended amount for expenses. I was able to comfortably leave because I didn't have certain bills like student loans and I'm not paying rent currently because I live at home, but I'm making sacrifices on the flip end to be able to do things like that. Um, And I fully acknowledge that not everybody is just in the position to be able to walk away from a job that isn't making them happy. But if you are not happy at your job and it is making you miserable 80% of the time instead of 20% of the time, because I like to follow that 80-20 rule. 
start putting the feelers out there to get a new job. You are not stuck there. I promise you that. There are there are ways you can network to find other better positioned or better jobs suited for you. I promise you that you are not stuck and a paycheck is not worth your mental health. Lesson number 12 is don't do work for free. <laughs> and I say this to all of my aspiring freelancers because it's so tempting to want to do work for free to get your name out there. And I've done this before, but I am telling you, it is so much harder to attract clients who want to pay you when you are consistently marketing free calls, free this, free that, because you're just going to book the people who don't necessarily want to invest in themselves in that way. They're just looking for the next free way that they can get help. So value your time because lesson number 13 is your time and energy are a currency. Spend it wisely. Don't spend all of that time doing free work. I promise you, you deserve to be paid for it. Your creativity is valuable and you will find clients that value you and see the worth in paying you. Lesson number 14, and this is way up there in terms of the importance of the of life lessons that I've learned and it is contracts are important and I would love to do an episode either whether this be by myself whether it be with Chloe or maybe we bring on a lawyer to, to interview and get their hot take on this as well but contracts are so important and you need to make them as detailed as possible because a vague contract has never served anyone anyone. And I had to learn this the hard way. And unfortunately, I know more freelancers that have to learn this the hard way than don't. Um, but if you are considering freelancing and you haven't started yet and you are listening to this podcast, please listen to this episode and learn this lesson via this podcast episode instead of learning this the hard way. Contracts are important Put everything into them. Put your expectations of yourself. Put your expectations of your client. Put the amount of jobs work and the scope that you're in which you're willing to do so. Put your revisions and how many you're going to give. Put everything you charge extra for. Put office hours. Anything you can think of that you think you might be challenged on later. Put it in there. I promise you it will serve you better in the long run because... Contracts are so important. And when you're a freelancer, it is literally how you protect yourself. And I don't know how to like stress the importance of that further. <laughs> Lesson number 15 is do not be afraid to negotiate and advocate for yourself. When you're self-employed, you're all you've got. There is no team. There is no boss to ask questions to or hide behind when shit hits the fan. You are everything. And when you are pitching your services, whether that be to a brand, to a potential client, to whatever, you have to advocate for yourself. If you are not comfortable with the terms and the scope of work, advocate for yourself. If you need a higher rate, advocate for it because nobody is going to do it for you. And the sooner you learn that lesson and accept that for yourself and practice those negotiation skills, the better you are going to be for it because nobody is looking out for you except you. Lesson number 16 is in relation to pitching and collaborations and brand deals and just all of those things. I know we all aspire to have speaking opportunities, guest podcast interviews, all of that. Um, but no doesn't always mean no. It can mean not right now. Sometimes timelines don't mesh. Emails get lost. 
other things come up in the social landscape, like social media is constantly changing. I mean, look at, look at everything that happened in 2020 between the pandemic, a civil rights movement, uh, natural disasters, just so much. And you have news outlets and social media platforms adjust to with the times. So sometimes you might have something planned and if something major comes up and the timeline might no longer mesh. Um, but be diligent with your follow-up process. You don't have to be annoying with people, but it's really good to let someone or a brand know you're still interested in genuinely working with them. So no doesn't always mean no. It can mean not right now. Lesson number 17 is done is better than perfect. And if you are a friend of mine, you have heard me say this countless times. If you follow me on Instagram, you've definitely heard me mention this a few times. But I kind of really adopted this philosophy from Lauren and Michael Bostick of the Skinny Confidential. And um, Michael always preaches that it is better to launch fast and adjust even faster after you've started collecting feedback and market research because there is no such thing as perfect. And if you spend all of your time wasting it on tweaking things and trying to make things perfect. You're never going to get there and you're never going to launch. Um, so yeah, launch fast and adjust even faster because you're going to get there. But in order to get there, you have to start. So done is better than perfect. Number 18 is it is okay to change your mind and to continue to keep changing it. And I say this as someone who has been in a very big personal transition with her business, with her personal life. And I always kind of viewed happiness as a destination rather than a journey itself. And once I finally got to the destination of where I thought I was going to be happy and have all, all the things that I wanted in life and I got there and I didn't have this instantaneous feeling or shift in how I felt, it, it was kind of a gut punch. And one thing that I have learned is that it is okay to have an ever-evolving idea of what happiness looks like for you. And if you reach the destination and it does, it no longer fits that picture, it's okay to change your mind and to continue to keep changing it. Lesson number 19 is investing in yourself doesn't have to be expensive. And I say this as someone who has worked with multiple coaches. I've had great coaching experiences, and I've also had terrible coaching experiences where I've lost a ton of money and time wasted and headaches, and it's just a not a good situation. And something that I've been feeling for a while, and I'm starting to see other people talking about it too, so I feel more safe talking about this myself, but online coaching is starting to feel a lot like an MLM. They have you convinced you need to be reinvesting every dollar you make back into yourself and your business, but the reality is, is that that's not doable for a lot of us. We have bills to pay, um, and you don't have six to nine hundred dollars for a self-paced course or to spend thousands on one-on-one -on -one coaching every single month. And investing in yourself can be something like watching an educational YouTube video or listening to a podcast on something that is on a skill that you've been trying to develop. Or maybe it's renting business books from your local library because you can't afford to buy every single book off of Goodreads, Amazon, what have you. And it's hard. It's hard to be inundated with social media ads for everything, with influencers for everything. You know, everyone's constantly recommending products. But I'm telling you guys, investing in yourself and advancing your career doesn't have to be expensive. So don't let these online coaches have you convinced otherwise. 
Lesson number 20 is choose your team wisely. And I don't mean this in just a business sense. I mean this in a game of life sense. Choose the family you associate with, your friends, your business partner, your relationships, and your significant other. Choose all of those people wisely because those are the people that are in your corner. You know, those are the people that are supposed to be team you, whatever, like team Taylor, you know, team Chloe. Um, They should support you. They should love you. They should also be able to give you a good reality check if you need it because, you know, not everybody in your circle should be a yes man. You should have people that are challenging you in your ideas and encouraging your personal development and growth. But if you have people in your corner that just aren't generally supportive of you and your ideas and encourage your creativity and your growth and personal expansion, you know, get get a new team member. That's all I'm going to say. Get, find it yourself some new team members. <laughs> Choose your team wisely. Lesson number 21 is learn to ask for help and delegate accordingly. You will burn out if you don't. I, I promise you this. Do not wait t- too late to ask for help. And I hit this point back in February and my hindsight is 2020. It is that I should have asked for help a whole hell of a lot earlier than I did because I reached the point where I was burnt out and I still had to train someone and I had to get them onboarded because I couldn't just expect her to absorb the knowledge in my head. Like she had to learn the processes. And let me tell you guys, hiring itself is a process. Finding the right fit training, going through interviewing, all of it is a full-time job in and of itself. So start early, ask for help or earlier than you think you're going to need it because I'm telling you, you're going to need it and you're going to need the time to find it. It is so imperative for your mental health as a business owner. You will burn out and it is harder to recover from a burnout than it is to just ask for help and figure it out sooner. And I promise you, I know what you're thinking. No, you can't do it better yourself. I promise there are people that can do it better than you. Lesson number 22 is just because someone looks and says they are successful on social media does not mean they are. Social media is fake and the comparison game is a dangerous trap to fall into. Please do not compare your beginning to somebody else's middle and end. And again, emphasis on the fact that social media is fake. Oh my gosh, you guys. Um, Yeah, that's all I'm going to say on that. But just because someone says they're successful on social media, it just, it does not mean they are. I know so many people that flaunt their expensive handbags and their expensive cars and their trips and they're doing this and that. And they are $20,000 in credit card debt. They are drowning in student loan debt. Like it's just, you know, it's not all it's cracked up to be, and it is a photo of a snapshot in someone's day. It is not the whole picture. Lesson number 23 is practicing gratitude daily is life-changing. And I know we talk a lot about gratitude on this podcast. Chloe talks about it with her Be Grateful Bitch reminder, and we chatted about having a mindset centered in gratitude on our episode with Maya Fleming. Gratitude is a big theme of this podcast, and it's because it really works. Oh, we also talked about a gratitude journal with our episode with Mel, and I will be sure to link both of those episodes in the show notes, and I will also link the gratitude general Uh, sorry, not general, the gratitude journal that Mel was talking about in her episode as well. So, but back to gratitude. 
The art of practicing gratitude is not an overnight fix, but it is something that will slowly start to change your mindset and the perspective that in the way you see the world over time as you continue to practice it. Consistency is key with gratitude, you guys. And lesson number 24, which is the most important lesson that I think I have learned in my lifetime, and I think it will always be an important lesson that I want to include and pass down, um, but it is forgiveness is healing. Let that shit go, you guys. Just let that shit go. It is not worth your time and energy to hold on to negative feelings. And I'm not saying you have to sit here and call up every single person who has ever wronged you and be like, I forgive you or call up every person you've ever wronged and ask them for forgiveness. But it can just be an internal thing where you make peace with the situation and let that shit go. And it will be so much better for your mental health, for your inner feelings and just your overall state of happiness because it is just not good to hold on to all of that negative energy. All right, that is all for this episode. If you would like to keep up with us on Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at CEOish Podcast. And if you would like to keep up with me personally, you can follow me over on Tagram Biz on Instagram. That's B I Z. And if you're interested in social media, PR, all of that fascinating content, you can follow my agency page at Socially Tailored, spelled like my name. And you can find me at chloew.art. Please make sure to leave us a review, subscribe, tell a friend. We really appreciate it. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will see you next week. Yes, see you Wednesday. Mm-hmm.